But with 150 to go, Leilani three lengths in front. Gay Icarus is weakening and then Turf Gutter. But it's Leilani's Caulfield Cup. The Bonnie Mare's going to win by four lengths. Seventeen gets it, but won it again. Let's elope. Viander Cross answering the urgings of Shane Dyer head in front. Mannerism coming at him. Viander Cross maybe a nose to Mannerism. Might and power well clear at the 200 metre mark. He's gone out by four lengths. It looks all over. Marvel Halls is running on on the inside, followed by Istadad, and now Doreen is coming home. But Might and Power has gapped them in the Caulfield. Fields of Omar, Republic Lesser closing, normally in front. Fields of Omar tries hard, normally, normally. At the 150, he's three lengths in front of Distinctly Secret Hoax Dancer, Maccabi Diva, Mummerfly getting tired, Distinctly Secret, Grace on fly out right back, Mummerfly has won the Caulfield Cup. Is coming at them too. Viewed right over on the fence. He's hit the front for Bart. Viewed in front of Roman Emperor. Viewed is clear. And Viewed will win the Caulfield Cup by two links to Roman Emperor. The 150 to go. Here's Dunedin of American coming. El Cap in front of the 100. But Dunedin swallows him up. Dunedin the Melbourne Cup winner. Cut back to win the Caulfield Cup. Very elegant down the outside. It's true self master of wine at the 300 with the chosen one. And here's very elegant and Anthony Van Dyke below the 200. The chosen one grabbed by very elegant and Anthony Van Dyke. Very elegant and Anthony Van Dyke. It's all class. Very elegant and neck in front. And the man. G'day, thanks so much for getting our preview edition of Caulfield Cup Day, one of the iconic races on the Australian colour, of course, and how good was it to hear all those fantastic old callers as well as we reminisce, but it's about tomorrow now. It's about tomorrow with Vince Cardi from Daily Sexuals. Good morning, mate. Hey, Ralphie, how are you? Mate, uh, just, it's just, I've bounced off the turnbuckle and can't wait to, to pull this uh, race apart because I think there's a bit of value, but I'm hoping... <laughs> I'm hoping uh, we, we, we guide our, our, our loyal customers the right way. Well, this is the game. <laughs> this is the game, absolutely. Now, Caulfield Cup, we might do this a little bit differently today because obviously people are getting your stuff. is going to want some key information here that other people don't get, and that is regarding, obviously, the imported horses. So I just might get a bit of a, a talent uh, capability of the three runners, and we'll just go on saddlecloth order. So uh, break up this Japanese runner. What, what's your talent level like before we start discussing the race itself? Okay, so talent level, pretty... <laughs> Pretty exciting. We we'll just the, know they're uh, insane speed races, these Japanese races. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Realistically, the profile of this horse is it's a rock solid three point plus three point three plus three point four, but there is a isolated run that has 
this runner up in the 5.5 range. So when I went through all the performances of the horse, I definitely felt that this horse, out of firstly out of all the internationals that are in this race, is clearly the best one. Right. And on its day, I'm super confident that it's every bit as good as Gold Trip as well. Well, that's a good starting point. So he's, he's, he's out in the race if he brings his A game. He's first up, but of course, first up, well, he won this time, or pretty much this time last year in uh, running uh, <laughs> 226.3. Jeez, they run amazing times over there. Well, the way the tracks have been, like in Victoria, New South Wales, the hoses haven't been playing the big roles. Yeah. The tracks, the tracks are quicker. Absolutely. And that will help the horse. Uh, and, and just as an overview, what, what's your thoughts about the when you obviously they, they, they constantly run amazing times? Uh, what, what's your con- what, what's your overview when you when you you know give yourself the challenge of clocking uh, Japanese racing? Well, because we don't have a lot of it, it's it's about curving the the speed in the track is the big thing. Yep. And of course, they run a lot of races fast, but I, I have a lot of experience on how to deal with fast speed it's just the reality of how do you deal with the track speed because I, I, I don't have the same body of work but i have enough knowledge as well now that you know that they've got to be tempered up to six lengths in terms of track speed because so uh, <laughs> you can't run supersonic times unless the track's fast it's just yes. it's not possible right a lot yep. of people say oh but maybe the track wasn't as good but the reality is you just know when it's fast, and it's just finding that balance, Ralphie. That that's that's really all it's about is the balance. And the other part that I like is if you just do one run, you're never going to know. But when you do all the races on the card, and you go back and do their last ten or twelve runs, you start to work the horse out. Yep. You start to work out the variances in the the tracks that it's been racing on and you get a good guide like what the winners have done on the day especially when you just sort of whilst i can't you know be super perfect about this is the exact or the exact data point but if they're all if you point the stick and say okay everybody's clocked off that point you start to get the picture and then it's just a matter of saying okay how much is the variance and that's never easy what's the variance and this is why i've learned that i don't like to lock myself in in the early days, I used to lock myself in, but now I have a little bit of a variance, knowing, okay, what's the range of the horse? And I can sit there and say, okay, there's some runs with, let's say, breakup, for instance, where it's only around the benchmark, Rolfie, right? Yep. But realistically, when you go through the last 10 runs, you start to see that, no, this horse has uh, been consistently running in the three range with the you know, one run where if it can bring that sort of profile, then you can have a lot of confidence this horse is going to run somewhere closer to plus five, plus six. And they're the things that excite me. I, I go looking for that. But yeah. you've got to realise on Raws, it's more like plus 12. <laughs> Which is Winks. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so that's that's break up. Uh, that that's obviously is just if you're looking at the uh, at the early edition of the race speed profiles, you've got an IVR forecast of three point four. So that's that's an obvious hard the race. What, what what did you make of Akita Sushi who won at Royal Ascot uh, during the year, uh, seemingly in slower time than the other horse, uh, Valiant King? But firstly, uh, the first of the O'Brien runners, Akita Sushi. Well, this is another 
I felt like a pretty interesting runner as well. And mainly because of when I look at the history of the horse, it doesn't have like a huge history, like in terms of how many runs as the horse had. But again, when I go through, when I, and I actually went through every one of its runs, and the best I could sort of pin the horse was, I definitely felt that this horse has got its its range is somewhere between plus a half and plus one point five, but I don't have a ceiling on the horse. It has the capacity to potentially go beyond that, but right now where it's at, it has to make that transition. It's never easy. This is going to be a tough race. Sometimes they can get up and do it and I look at the trainer profile and <laughs> they all come with plans these trainers Rolfie especially this one that's it and you got to pay some respect to them but ultimately I definitely mark this a genuine two lengths behind breakup and Valiant King trying to do it the way I, <laughs> I do without your tools Vince the one thing about that Royal Ascot second was it seemed like it was in sharp time and it was one of his rare runs he's so lightly raced of course but that that seemed like genuinely firm ground his last run was obviously disappointing but they've chosen to come over um so i suppose the, the question is what what was the merit of the royal ascot run uh what was the date of that that was uh, so the 22nd of uh, of the sixth the 22nd of the sixth yeah yeah okay well you know don't get too much of a jump roll but around plus one ralphie yep is the profile of the horse, and I can say to you that the horse hasn't passed that. Yes. There was a run on the 13th of the 5th where it was pretty much lockstep with that profile, yeah. but that's where this horse, this is again, very lightly raced runner, no doubt has a profile that can allow this horse to continue to build off, but just the way it sits right now, I have that even further behind than the other two. Okay. All right, well, that's the starting point for the internationals. Now, the starting point on how you expect the race to run was obviously the speed forecast. You've written above average. Uh, put some more meat on the bones there. Just looks like a good tempo race. Spirit yep. Ridge, West Wind Blows, Goldman, Julia Mao, right you are. All the. I just think that's the cluster of horses that are most likely to go forward and create the speed. Yes. Exactly who's going to want to own the front? Well, we'll find out, but I just can't help but feel that on that cluster of horses, it's just indicating that this isn't going to be a slowly run Caulfield Cup. This is going to have some speed, particularly if the tracks is the way we've seen it at recent times at Caulfield. Plus two, plus four looks like a, an automatic starting point. Which is which means that the class will, be, will have to come to the forefront for, for sure because we'll be nowhere to hide. You started with Gold Trip as your most advantage, as, as an easy starting point here. Clearly, the best performance this spring by Estea was Gold Trip in dominating the Turnbull. Well, like Night Follows Day, if it repeats last night, it's definitely not going to run further back than second or third. That, yeah. That's like the worst position I can see this horse finishing. Everything points to a repeat performance. We'll have this horse winning. And why can't why can't the horse go even better? <laughs> well, yeah, the trend is its friend, isn't it? I mean, yeah, uh, that first up Mooney Valley run, uh, we spoke about this extensively on the on the members' bonus podcast. The, the closing speed was just something phenomenal, wasn't it? It really was. And the stable like and then and we've always sort of known that this horse potentially gold trip's got is a super high class international hasn't been able to 
completely deliver that international profile. But if it's ever going to do it, it's definitely now. And it's come back. We, we were confident this horse had come back better this campaign than last, at least last two preps, Ralphie. Yep. And that second up run is giving the trend line that this horse is set to run, well, four and a half, five is not unrealistic. Well, that, that sets a high bar for everything else to catch it. <laughs> well, it's a starting set, point. It, yeah, it sets the bar to say that's who you're back. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Uh, I'll just go along with most advantage and then we'll touch on every runner, yep. uh, given the type of race it is. So, Francesco Gardi, you, you've given given this uh, in your in your most advantage at this stage on, a, on the Friday morning, and all this information is correct as of quarter to six Friday morning. Yep. Of course, we'll be updating it tomorrow. Uh, this horse produced a remarkable run last year in the Bart Cummings at Flemington, nearly fell, flew home, and then put together Mooney Valley Cup. Either, wow, this is a stayer on the rise, missed 300 days but it's been uh, slowly climbing, and you were saying that uh, don't be surprised if it peaks tomorrow? Well, you just look at the profile of this horse, Ralphie. First up, and I just look at the early speed, it's just such an indicator. 16.8 lengths below benchmark first section. That was Randwick 1,400. Went to Fleming at a next start over a mile and still was going 17.9 below benchmark. Steps up to the 2,000 metres. Okay, got got beaten five lengths. But the turnaround in speed was unbelievable. 0.3 below. Like, it's in... From the previous two runs, it's improved like 17, 18 lengths, Rolfie. That's three seconds. You can't... When you're having such a high lift, it's very, very difficult to be super competitive because your conditioning blowout's massive, but... I definitely know this trend pattern means these horses come on in a really significant way. And I, I just sort of sit back and think about uh, Mr. Waller and um, obviously what he's targeting. This horse is racing in actually in very good form. And I expect to, tomorrow over this distance range, and with that run now under its belt, three, you know, three runs, and this is run number four, and he's had plenty of mid-race squeezes, he's ready. What's he ready to do? He's ready to run around plus three, right? That's what he's ready to do. That's not going to win you the race. But let me assure you, if the other two don't run to their top, and I'm talking about uh, break up and gold trip, this horse presents itself as uh, the next main challenger. I would, I would, love, I probably would have had it shorter than I've got it. I've ended up to fifteen dollars. I landed on it. But I know you don't do markets outside the Melbourne Cup, but I, I just. My, my fear is, can it get the right run from wide? And normally I don't let wide barriers put me off, but if they're flying along, I suppose there's some chance that J-Mac's going to be posted. <laughs> well, okay. That, well, that's, and, sorry, and or too far back. That's an excellent point, but let's just look at this horse. Yep. When they ran on that track back in 22nd of the 10th, 22? Yep. 2,500 metres. Yep. Horse was travelling half length below benchmark. Yep. In that ground condition. So I sit back and say, okay, what's that mean? Well, that gives you some real good insight about the horse. And I look at where was he from the leader that day? He was 4.8 lengths from the leader. So let's say we're going plus four here and this horse is travelling benchmark. Because it looks like he's ready to run travel early speed benchmark minus one. Yep. If they're going plus six, where will he be? Six lengths off him. 
seven and, lengths and off. slotting in if they're going that fast. Yeah, and he will <laughs> yeah. be in the, see, I'm looking to see, are you in the elastic band? Yep. Of course, you have to have a bit of luck, but how are you going to predict that, Ralphie, if you yes. will or won't slot in? I've seen plenty of races where it looks impossible for them to slot in, and they do. <laughs> but the breakout and speed definitely creates that. Now, if, if you said to me, no, but Akadi, we're 100% confident we've run a 1,000 simulators, it's going to be no pace. I'd say, oh, he's in a lot of trouble. Yep. Because you are right, he's going to get posted. Or he has to go all the way out the back, which he has the capability of going all the way back because he can, he can settle well, but then you're going to be outside the elastic band, probably tracking 10 or 12 lengths, and that's a non-winning position. Uh, conversely, a stable mate Montefilli is on your next line, and uh, it, it, it's got, a, I think, a beautiful draw, and Blake Shin absolutely on fire. Now, last start, it was something special, because, and not overall, but it's it's dynamic close. And the thing was that it had to set up because the previous start, as we clearly said on the Monday podcast, that got him, got her rather, up to a good speed level because it was a fast race behind just fine. Well, this is its time. You're yep. either now going to make this transition and take that next step. I mean, it's got a Rose Hill profile that sits around that 2.7 range at this distance. This is your opportunity to see whether you can not only run to that level, but hopefully take the next step. Because if you're not going to do it now, you're never going to do it, Ralphie. No. The way it ran last start, I'm with you. I just thought... You could see, I mean, to run off a 5.8 lengths below benchmark first section, which is reasonable pace, right? Yep. Not, not very often you're going to see horses running close to plus 11 last 400 off that race shape. Usually off the, when they run near that sort of range, like 9 to a, a plus 11 range, they're generally doing it off early speed minus 10 to minus 15. So this horse has gone half a dozen lengths faster. And really held its line and was just like, it was like electric. That's what we want to see. Now, of course, if this horse is traveling six lengths below benchmark, because that's where it wants to be, then there there could be trouble for this horse if you're in a scenario and you're going to have to spot him 10 or 12, because you have to turn up and run that sort of last 400 better to get in the finish. Well, that's pretty much what happened last year when it ran fourth in this race. Gold trip uh, ran second. Um, out the back, wide, found traffic. Jason Collett rode. Oh, gee, I like this jockey, <laughs> this jockey changing black shit on. So uh, it, it's um, it, it's set to run to its best is what you're saying, and that, that's uh, that's music to my ears, i got to say. <laughs> yeah, and I'm just hoping yeah. that Blake Shin, because he's a, he's a you know, very, very key point in terms of riders, that he has the thought process somewhere along the lines like Nash. Yep. And you're just not going to put yourself in an uncompromising position and try and be in, inside that eight-length range. And you have to ask the horse for the effort because if you're not going to ask the horse for the effort, if they're running a bit faster, then <laughs> what's the point? Now, if they have a slow run race, then this will obviously probably help the horse a lot. Yes. Now, let's uh, bracket the next two uh, in that West Wind Blows and Sulcum uh, because they ran second and third to Gold Trip. Uh, they uh, Sulcum looks sole-focused at Flemington, but uh, I, I know what Craig Williams would be trying to do. 
<laughs> he wants to win everything. And uh, and West Wind blows obviously a, a terrific first Australian run when running second. He's, he's a horse who likes bowling on the speed, and he's got a lot of tenacity watching his uh, his replays from the UK. So, uh, firstly, West Wind blows. Well, he does, Ralphie. He is, and I'm hoping he's going to be part of that uh, creation of pace. I really, really hope that that's going to be the case. And, of course, I just feel that if you're the pacemaker, you're going to be run down. <laughs> you're going to be run down. If you run <laughs> fast or slow, you are going to have vulnerability because there are just, just, a, just a whole group of horses that have just got phenomenal uh, speed, particularly late, which yes. always makes it exciting. But I'm just hopeful that this horse can turn up and be one of the, as they say, probably one of the pacemakers. <laughs> so so where does Sulkin fit in? Uh, well, it's, it's, it's one of these scenarios, Rolfie. It, if I have take a position, say, well, it's not going to be gold trip stay and break up doesn't progress in Australia, then I readjust the line. Yep. It's okay, we're now looking at a race that's between plus two and plus three. And now all of a sudden this horse comes into the race yes. as, a genu- as a genuine threat because this horse definitely meets that qualifying co- criteria. But if, if, it, if it doesn't and they run to the expectation of somewhere around you know, better than plus three, then this horse has to go to take the next step. Now, can it take the next step? Of course it can, right? I'm not sitting here saying that it can't. But it's it's just not going to be an easy task. I I just don't I can't see how it's going to beat. Firstly, Gold Trip, and I don't know how it's even going to beat Breakup. And this is probably my big dilemma. And I and I'm, a, I'm keeping it simple, Ralphie. Yeah. yeah. But is it a horse that should be competitive? Yes. And if it wins the race, well, then there's a high chance those other two runners they never turned up. So without a fight is at the moment not in your in your group. Um, this is a horse obviously showed a great level of talent. I uh, checked you what you wrote about him in the in your Melbourne Cup preview this time last year, and you know you put a big stamp on his talent level. But you had a query on the wet track, or well, he didn't deliver on the wet track. Turned up at Eagle Farm, two dynamic performances, including massive closing speed, probably similar to what we uh, not quite at the level of Gold Trip and Montefilia, but nonetheless, it was a big booming finish in the eighteen hundred before winning the uh, the big money twenty two hundred. Uh, first up, huge mid race squeeze set for this race. What's your thoughts? Well, I'm probably a little bit fortunate, but I had a not fortunate. I mean, obviously, this information is available to everybody. But I had one of one of the clients send me an email and. Uh, it was very important email that without a fight it's been presented it's uh, left front uh, lame it's got lameness so I, I don't like it straight Ooh, okay. away I mean it doesn't matter what it can do as soon as I know if a horse is coming into this race and they've already been examined there's some they've got lameness and it's going to be re-examined I just don't want to know about them at all you yeah. know it's just irrelevant what they've done because that's a bad bad sign yep so uh, that, along with non-conformist, is automatically in the bin for me. Just <laughs> automatic. Just yeah, they they might be able to create miracles, but we're not going to be on a soggy ground. Even if they were, even if it was wet ground, I still wouldn't like it. I don't like it when they they they've had a uh, an examination. They're lame leading into a race. I just don't like it. Yep, yep. Put the things in your favour. As good as bar plates. As good as bar plates. Dead. <laughs> 
It's hard enough to find the winner. You may as well uh, narrow it down by uh, being with horses that aren't under vet checks, I suppose, is what you're saying. Correct. So Duke de Sessa, uh, level of talent. My use is keep running this these, this horse in Group 1. It hasn't yet put together. The tongue tie goes on. Uh, they don't generally run horses just for the sake of it. They've obviously got an opinion of this horse. Maybe they, they've assessed there's a breathing uh, situation with him, hence the tongue tie going on. But uh, just quickly, your level of talent with Duke DeCessa, just make sure we cover every runner. Yeah, well, you're right. So far, it hasn't been able to pin the profile, but it, it has sort of, well, it's had like three or three, three Australian starts. I do feel this is probably with distance now, yep. getting up to it. I'm just a little bit concerned. Are you going to be at your best on wet ground? Is this where you shine and find that three or four lengths that's necessary to be competitive? So I'm just, I do feel this horse has got ability, Ralphie. Yep. I'm just not sure if we have the track profile to suit but it's a uh, you know excellent stable we know <laughs> ma Houston's team was evident last weekend that horse was below the stand at the one griff yep. but he still found another length and a half to two lengths in that horse so there is an expectation that he's going to do the same with this horse that length and a half to two lengths is a high possibility of being found but that still cuts you short of where you need to be and maybe I might have the wrong assessment, but if it was a wet track profile, this horse would uh, shoot up. Uh, Hugh Yamel, um, first uh, first prep, full prep for Gay Wardhouse, uh, ran in the Melbourne Cup last year. Interesting, a couple of times in the UK, finished in front of uh, in front of West Wind Blows, significantly in front, including in the Epsom Derby. Uh, had some Doveville legend form, who started favourite last year's Melbourne Cup. Uh, two big mid-race squeezes, and then last start, we spoke about Montefilia. It was up front, so first time forward's not a bad little theory in, in racing that uh, when they show some speed, uh, that obviously can bring them on, uh, but it's still got a big bar to jump. Uh, what's your thoughts here? I feel this could be the big leaper. Yep. Plus 2.1 was there last start. Got a very, very similar setup like to Montefilia in terms of the way it's trending. And last start, it, it, it brought that and, and it brought it off a, an excellent race shape too, going near benchmark first section. I love that because what that means is no matter what happens, you know, you know this horse is going to be in the race in terms of competitive uh, position wise in running and lightly raced could easily take that next step and find two lengths because that's all you got to find yep well, two that's, lengths that's interesting because like i said I, I, I couldn't help looking at the fact that it, it's finished well in front of uh west Wind blows twice in the uk and it's double the odds yeah and it hasn't it's not going into the race uh with some issues, and, and you know the Gay Waterhouse team, they, <laughs> it appears to me they're back to training their horses tough and hard. Absolutely. Um, so right you are, came into the stable uh, just with one goal in mind because it qualified for the Caulfield Cup, winning the Mornings and Cup. It's just not going very well, is it? No, it's not, Ralphie. It's definitely behind and not delivering what it, I guess what you'd like to see out of the horse. And, well, the run two starts back at Caulfield wasn't a bad one. Yep. Yeah, plus 1.5. Good. Got a, I felt it got a golden race shape. The way it closed out was all solid. Now, is that its peaking run? 
Is that the best this horse can do? I didn't like the way the horse dropped off last start. Now, could that have been something to do with the aggression of the of the pace? I don't see this being a slowly run race, but again, it's coming from the right stable, Ralphie. Absolutely. Uh, Emissaries, Bolter's Odds, uh, this time last year won the Geelong Cup and ran second in the Melbourne Cup. It just appears like it hasn't come up uh, since. No, nah, well, that one's got to be a miracle job. Yep. Well, one little one here, just if we're talking about Bolter's Odds, and it is Bolter's Odds, so I underlined that, it's Bolter's Odds. Yep. But Goldman... <sighs> It showed a fair bit of talent in in, in uh, the autumn. Uh, we uh, were interested in the last start. It over raced, even though it was on a slow speed. But it was over raced. Blinkers off, relaxes, goes forward. Is there any chance? Well, it's a rock solid plus one point five horse. Yep. So that's a good starting point in terms of where the horse is at, and it's done at a distance. I can't help but feel that it's a. It's definitely would be superior with give, given the ground. It's got a super WTI. So I do sort of sit here and say that if it was if they had given the ground, yep. massive um, chance of spoiling the party. No, I'm going to throw another trifecta for sure. Uh, but uh, Fame and Bordage on a Bolter's odds. The other only other horse we haven't uh, mentioned yet is Spirit Ridge. That the reality is, if if you could say, here you go, it's definitely going to do what it did in the Metropolitan last start. It's in the race. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it's an if. <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah. Very good point because I just feel the one thing that they this stable's deaf. Well, maybe it was it was just always meant to be in the terms that this is where they were coming. I just love the fact of a fast run race, you got your 21 days, which wasn't the case with the other runner, right? Just, just fine last week, yep. Because if Just Fine was in this race, Ralphie, and it had the, the, the break, I would would have marked the horse top three hard in the race. So <laughs> yeah. why, why wouldn't I sit here and say something similar about this horse? Because it meets the criteria of being able to firstly getting the plus three range. And there it is, last start, 3.2 above, second best performance. And you now know with 21 days and it's like, it, it's rock hard fit. All I'm, if I've got any concerns with the horse, it's just this. The way I do my work is I've actually said that this horse has been hanging around the stable since December 22. Yeah. That's all. <laughs> yep. That's all. It's pretty and, comfortable there. And if Annabelle Neesham has unlocked the key with his horse and can keep it going and it and it's rock hard fit like it is coming into this race tomorrow, you're not going to get this pace, Ralphie. So it's going to be golden for the horse. And then the 3.2 is a big possibility. And where does that put you? It puts you in the pack of top six. All right. So if the race was running uh, in uh, in an hour, you'd be uh, you'd be pretty bullish about Gold Trip. Things might change between now and then, but you're saying break up Francesco Gardi and Montefilia, those last two at double figure odds deserve great respect. Yeah, Ralphie, you want to keep it all nice and simple. If Gold Trip turns up, you're going to get the gold. There we go. Lovely. All right. Let's see. Uh, 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 some talk about if it's going to run or not, because of course there's still the Cox Plate in the Melbourne Cup. But I was going to ask you. I'm just looking back in time. Who's done the three? I think Farlap. <laughs> oh, Farlap. <laughs> yeah, I think it's been pretty, pretty rare. But obviously in the modern era, it hasn't been tried a lot, particularly since Lee Freeman said, "Well, we don't need to run uh, between the Caulfield Cup and the Melbourne Cup." So. Very, very interesting. Oh, I, of course, it ran in all three last year, and it was genuinely unlucky in the Cox Plate last year. So, so there's uh, been plenty of horses that have won the, 
the the both though Caulfield and Melbourne Cup, right? Yeah. And there's been there's been a number of horses that I like. I definitely can remember have won the Cox Plate and the Melbourne Cup, just not the three. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so what? So, Ralphie, because you're very good at this, right? <laughs> Help me out here. So what? Like, are they here for any other reason other than you know we can do the treble? <sighs> I think, yeah, I've got to say that's been part of my thinking too. It's just doing my head in a little bit. What, what is the what is the intent here? Because it's a stallion, so you'd think for a stallion, if it wins a, a, a Cox Plate, would be just absolutely superb for it. Uh, so you would think that'd be some only, yeah, I don't know. It, it's starting to do my head in, to be honest, because okay. uh, we, we, as we've discussed, talent level, he's uh, he's just absolutely airborne. So why why have they chosen the call for cup? Maybe they do want to try all three. Do you? Just off your memory, yep. Any horses gone and been competitive Caulfield Cup and then gone to the Cox Plate and run in the money? Uh, yeah, I reckon was it Maldivian? Uh, right, was probably one. Um, Nor- well, Northerly, obviously. Northerly was another one. Uh, he won both. Didn't go okay. to the Melbourne Cup, and like, like I said, this time last year he got beaten the nose and then was genuinely unlucky in the in the Cox Plate. So right uh, out, behind Animo. Okay, it's very good. I'm glad you said northerly because you know that's that gives me a you know a real good judgment online. You know, is this horse at northerly level? Well, yes, it is. It, you know, on OS profile, it 100 percent is right. Yep. So, okay, all right. Well, or I just hope they weren't coaxed into because a lot of people have been saying running all three, but the way it's going, Ralphie, my God. <laughs> oh, jeez. Look, and and realistically. Unless this is some brutal Caulfield Cup, why couldn't you then back up into the Cox Plate? Yeah, uh, that's it. Yeah, so they must yep. be wrapped okay. up. Okay, all right. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to what happens next. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. Uh, let's because that's race nine. We'll do race ten. Yep. Vivian's the obvious starting point. Just absolutely airborne now, and it's got the right rider in uh, Damien Lane to, to earn the speed. Uh, there's a couple of uh, odds here that little Miss Kubi and H two O. I don't know exactly why, but I'll get you to say it. Uh, that uh, you're saying that uh, they deserve respect. But firstly, Vivian, I suppose if she keeps turning up, she's going to remain in the money. I. <sighs> What is it? One, two, three, four, five horses in a row. Yep. Uh, wins in a row, wins sorry, in a row, right? Yep. Five wins in a row. That that means you're the bookmaker's best mate. Yep. Right, because trying to put six in a row is very hard to do. But can you fault this horse? No way. Other than saying how many horses can win six races in a row, because I'm <laughs> just talking some crap now, right? Yep. Because that, that's all I can think of is – is that the only reason why the horse can be beaten? Because on form, it only has to hold its line and it won't be beaten. Yes. That's all it's got to do. Just run the last start and you go and collect the money. So H2O blew out a little bit uh, last start, which is a good sign. Uh, obviously, it didn't come up uh, last prep, so they tipped it out straight away. So on a trend line perspective, it's going to improve again. Massively. I, I feel that. 35 days between runs. I know it was an overall below benchmark performance first up at Morfield. And mind you, probably the grade of horses haven't been that solid in South Australia of recent times. But the reality is I love that setup. 1.5 above benchmark first section, pretty much maintained the line, slight increase. And then we had a little bit of a deterioration with an overall last 400. But everything points to this horse getting solid improvement and is set to 
first and foremost, definitely test the 0.6 from last campaign, but I expect more. I expect this horse to get into the plus one range and therefore be very competitive here. Sub, and it's all around the favourite, right? It's just all around that. Yeah. If this horse is done and it's had enough, you're the sitting duck to be the next potential winner. And just because it's double figure odds, we'll talk business tomorrow. But just just a, a point about Little Miss Kuby. I mean, you know, her her listed win at, in, in South Australia in April was very solid, and probably looks set to run to that. It, absolutely, and it was plenty of proof in that run at Mooney Valley, which I didn't feel was ideal. But goodness me, did you see the last eight hundred on the horse? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, it was fantastic. That's a horse that's in top shape and perfect condition. And that horse has never done that before, Ralphie. Produced a combined 11.4 lengths overall last 800. And, and I love it. 22 days between runs. It was a third up run, so it wasn't like a first up run, which would have completely uh, made a mess of the horse. It's ready. It's absolutely ready to not only run to the plus 1.1 but potentially break through that and get a new pb and and i i just couldn't take it off the top three well it's 13 dollars. i don't know if it'll be 13 dollars tomorrow i think uh, i think it might be a little mm. over let's uh time will tell uh okay we'll start for the first leg of the quaddy the tristark race seven um I didn't think there was a lot of depth to race, but it makes it a little bit hard given the smallish field. Um, what's your what's your pace uh, forecast here for the uh, this race? I wouldn't be surprised if Volts on by takes it up, even though it, uh, it was slightly slow away last start. Yeah, I just just when you said that, I, when I was doing the form, I, maybe it's just a, an illusion, but just looked a little bit softer the overall card, right? The, yeah, no, maybe I had a higher right. Yeah, I thought I had a higher anticipation that we're going to see a lot more high-end horses. But still, we've got a lot of progressive horses, and this is one of them. This race here, Road to Ataki, got to be a trending horse, Ralphie. Absolutely yep. has to be a trending horse. Is it ready to win? For sure. This has got to be the race where the horse gets its chance to break through and win. I love last start's run overall, plus 1.2, 18th best of the day. The start before... You've seen what happened at 1,400. There was good speed in the race, had a bit of a you know bad tank out through the last 400, and I just felt that was all to do with the way the horse was set up in the first up run. It's ready. It's still trending upwards for me, and it's not a big field, which means that if they run a bit faster or slower, it, this puts this horse in the golden spot. Don't have to go too far back. Look at that run at Sandown, Rolfie, back in in December of last year when it went a plus 10.7 last 400. Now, I'm not expecting that tomorrow. This horse is going to run plus 10. But what what it gives me the single signal is that you've got an explosive last 400 and this could be the ingredient you need to win tomorrow. Uh, I think they'll be positive on it unless – I mean, well, open-minded but positive is, is what I'm saying. So I think uh, if, if, the, if the spot's there – wouldn't be surprised if they go outside the lead because blinkers off last start. The horse relaxed at over race, as you said, uh, two starts back going at that fast speed. And so that sets it up. So you're saying this could be a good place on side opportunity. Absolutely. Uh, the Moonga Stakes over 1,400 metres. We know uh, Buffalo River likes getting out in front and rolling along. So it's going to share the lead with Nunthorpe. Gee, Nunthorpe's a pretty tight price for mine. I'm just wondering how you saw the race. Yeah, and I'm. I'm, I'm... Well, obviously, there's a reason, and I'm still yet to work out the reason. <laughs> it's so short? Yeah, well, okay. you know, am, I, am I saying, okay, B. Shin versus Jamie Carr? I'm not saying that can be the reason. Yep. All right. 
coming back to reality, was it inappropriate? The race shape last start, 10.8 lengths below benchmark. Was Is this the real inside on the horse? I mean, that plus 7.1, knowing that I feel that the last 400 metres is probably going to be one of the critical factors in this race, could that be the reason why it's in the market? Now, if that is the reason, I get it, right? I absolutely get it. If you're flanking it from that angle, then you're top two, top three. Yep. Does it does does it warrant you being favourite? No. So climbing start comes from that race that we just discussed, actually, that Flemington race, and didn't had a lot of traffic in it. Its first up run was real when it ran second to uh, Varvia in nice time. And this time last year, Oaks Day ran a super second to Roots. That's genuine form. It is genuine form, and I feel that this. I, I love the rider change. Yep. And Stokes is this. You can just see his pattern, his training pattern. He's got this horse ready to come to its top. It's a strong miler, which I also like here because this isn't going to be a high-paced race. It's got good speed. It doesn't have the best 400-metre sprint. It's probably a little bit behind. But what I'm hoping for is that Craig Williams is going to ride more positively. And if he does that, he might not be an easy horse to pass because if they put in a mid-race squeeze, this this horse could find himself the winner. So that's at about $8 range. So that's, uh, that's lovely there. All right, uh, well, brush race one, just a couple others we want to touch on. Roof Rocket, well, it's a dollar forty. Is it faultless for a dollar forty? given it's a dollar forty, It's absolutely faultless. Yep. Okay. So, you know, you're either, you're either taking the short price and betting in the race or you, you know, you're going to go and have some... I don't know, whatever they sell these days. <laughs> you just missed the race, yeah. That's it. So Tropical Squall really emerged last start winning the flight stakes. It's uh, it's a dollar ninety, so it's so I understand why it's odds on. And uh I, I'm it's almost an inviting odds on if you like. It stands to step to two thousand. Is there anything in the profile that worries you? Because clearly looking at this uh at your grid uh, it's got a fair bit on them, and not just the. Because, and let me remind people, you don't use a table saying a group one's better than a than a uh, listed race. It's just what do they do on the clock? And it was a serious performance. Oh, wasn't it right? And okay, what happens if you run at the same pace, right? Yep. Well, you might be that far in front of the competition that even <laughs> if you run out of petrol over the last 200 metres, you, you just might still be too good, right? Because everybody's going to be very tired chasing. And it's just one of these scenarios just looks – it looks classes above Ralphie, not not A class, but it looks classes above the field. Don't see it a lot, but here we are. We came out of a fast run race and it's 21 days and Waterhouse is on fire. I reckon they won this race with a horse called Pino Simile. It just flew out in front and, and nothing could get near it. So, and that's uh, that now it's already stabbed itself at a pro- proper performance in the in the fight stakes. Interesting race, the uh, the, the race for the three year old with some emerging talents. Uh, two of them are last start winners in Dark Halo and Fasol. What have they done in the clock? Yeah, I, I, this is really a challenging race for me. Firstly, you've got a group of horses that have broken benchmark, and then you okay. Let's talk about this particular runner that you just mentioned, Dark Halo. It's, it's had the one run right, and I just thought it was really good. The maiden win, point one below benchmark, best performance of the day. That's always a great sign, Ralphie. That when you can go, I know it's only a provincial circuit, but if you're a maiden horse and you deliver, yep, they generally can. Firstly, transition to definitely a midweek 
profile. And then I had a look at the – I couldn't get a really top guide from the matrix, but what is interesting is this. There's a number of ways you can look at it. Firstly, you look at, okay, beat the second horse by four. And then I sort of say, okay, what's the gap between the third and the fourth horse? It's about six and a half lengths, right? And if I went all the way to the fifth horse, then I might be able to find a case to say, okay, well, there is this possibility that this horse has got the capacity to take the next step and go into the plus one range to plus 1.5 range. But I am reasonably confident that this horse is going to definitely turn up and run at least somewhere near benchmark. The Matrix trend line post-race is sort of indicating that it could be uh, 0.6 above, but there's not enough data, Ralphie. So I'm sort of in a bit of a limbo. Uh, from a professional point of view, it's, it's a horse I want to watch. I, I don't know where we're going, and I don't know where we're going with a whole bunch of these horses. So I, I like these races to watch them. I just... Don't, I don't get involved when it comes to money, that's all. <laughs> exactly. Uh, in race five, I know you won't be involved here knowing, knowing the way you, your profile is, but for those who are involved, uh, you, you're saying that Oz Empress well, won this track this distance last start, and given it's, uh, it's $13, you, you know, as much as $17, in fact, it might run a race again. Well, isn't that always the right starting point? Yep. That you come up, you go to the same track distance. I see very often they repeat and it's 28 days between they've had a they've had a jump out as well this they've got this horse sizzling 0.3 below benchmark is oh, can you believe it it's a race where you've got to be around the one, minus one but probably the one thing that i'd like to look at now ralph is I, I am keen to just look at what the trend setup is on the matrix with this horse because i haven't actually done that yet so Let's, let's just see, because it's, it wasn't a race that I was going to get involved in, right? Yeah. And I'm not saying I will, but I just want to see how well that point three stacks up. Okay. Uh, so this is the Rapro platform yeah, that you use? Yeah, it's the Rapro platform. It's the, the analytics data that I'm looking at, and I'm just seeing here, okay, if we just take it off the straight off line, it's sort of saying that it's trending about a length and a half behind. But the way I like to do it, I, this is a race where it's a and an or number. And yep. I like to look at both, and it's sort of indicating that if I'm – and I take the line no further back than the top four horses because that's the way I like to look at things. And if I look at that, it's saying it's a rock-solid benchmark horse. So that's got to be a good starting point. And what price is it? $17. Yeah, well, make sure you do it in your multis. <laughs> well, you know, it's not a quaddy race, right, but it's definitely yep. a multis race. Well, it could be an early quaddy. Uh, and and Cora Volant, we put it in Sizzler's. Yeah, it was a big mid-race squeeze at Mooney Valley. I mean, if that's the starting point, it's trending the right way too. Again, another lightly race horse. The mid-race squeeze was sensational, right? Yeah. And even the overall last 400 metres, I thought that was huge. And if you look at the dip between the four and the two, you'd be adding on. This is another runner because I haven't done it, but I, I want to have a look, Ralphie, while, while we're here going through it. This is all part of the form work, right? Yep. I just want to see how the matrix is sort of giving the indicator here, okay, it's point, uh, 0.8 below. Again, if I go to the top, if you look at the top three finishes and go no further back and forth, it's also indicating that, um, firstly, there's no way the horse is going to run below point, point, point 0.6, no way. And looking at what happened in the race, I would be absolutely rubber stamping this horse's benchmark plus a half. 
That'll be enough to put you on the podium if it does happen. Oh, absolutely. Um, so it's it's a real small field in the last race that we'll look at here, race six. Um, Spacewalk was was good first up. We've always had a bit of an opinion on this horse. Um, but Lofty Strike, when he turns up, he's dynamic, fresh. But will he get the race shape to suit, given the small field? Well, firstly, I went and started with Spacewalk. and said, yeah. okay, here's my starting point. And... I automatically said to him, okay, okay, if I'm going to want to bet in this race, this is probably the horse I want to look at first. My disappointment, there was only one, right, was is it the right setup that Cummings has got? We're staying at 1,000? Yes. That's all. So as soon as I said that, I said, oh, that doesn't stick for me, right? Yep. Because I then went and had a look at the first up run and said, all right, 3.3 lengths below benchmark, first section, nice, you know, gentle move in the mid-race of a couple of lengths. They're all good things. You know, super last 400 metres, and that's what, uh, you know, peed me off, right? Plus 7.7, <laughs> right? Last 400. I go, well, that's it. You've 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 left your 1,000-metre profile behind off that run. Yep. And I'm saying, okay, well, how do we repeat that now? It's 19 days between runs. So I'm going to myself, I've got to go looking elsewhere, right? And that's that, that's that's the hard, the hard part. And say, so, okay, we're with Lofty, right? Yep. So, okay, what about Lofty? Can this horse turn up and do it first up? Well, last campaign, 2.3 above. Yes, it was 1,100 metres, not 1,000 metres. So it's not perfect, right? Yep. You know it's going to be nice and fresh. Is he the most fashionable trainer? No. Is it the sort of trainer that I like to step into? No. Right, but is it the right rider? Yes. <laughs> right. For an off-pace horse, too. And, yeah, and if you're going to have a chance at a 1,000, well, this is the one. This is the yeah. race where you've, you've got the class to be in it and you probably might have an advantage over a couple of other runners. Fair enough, too. All right. Well, that, uh, we'll talk business tomorrow. Uh, there might be some scratchings that changes the way we think. But uh, for now, that's, that's as, as good as we can give. And we hope we, we, uh, we sum it all up tomorrow morning. So once again, all we can do is sum up by saying we appreciate you being a customer of our year-round carnival preview edition of the Caulfield Cup.